Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Cotton in a Rocket Ship. I am your host, Lennox Mars Jr. And we are in for a real, real treat today. This is season one, episode 24. And the name of this episode is called Cotton in the Rocket Ship. And the reason why this episode is called Cotton the Rocket Ship is because it was named directly after the book. And I made a poem exclusively for the book. And for those who are tuning in, Cotton in the Rocket Ship is a podcast, of course, but it's also a book of spoken word and poems and various different pieces of literature to describe my life from boyhood to manhood and how I see race in America growing up. So thank you once again for listening in. And this piece is called Cotton in the Rocket Ship. And I go on to say, The descendants have finally ascended to celestial godhood. And the children sing songs in the bay of the rocket ship as they sojourn to another galaxy, similar to the conditions back home. Cotton in the rocket ship, precious as can be. One baby, two baby, two baby, three. One baby, baby, you will fly and be free. One baby, two baby, two baby, three. Cotton in the rocket ship. Daddy picked the cotton. Mama sewed the clothes. Grandma in the kitchen. Granddaddy paid the man to let us go. Cotton in the rocket ship, precious as can be. One baby, two baby, two baby, three. And the kids will go on to sing this song. And that is Cotton in the Rocket Ship. A very short poem. And it's an homage to every childhood game that could be played amongst black kids in any rural, any city, any province, any town on this planet whether they be from North America, South America, Africa, Germany. If you see a group of black kids, they're playing a game similar to this. And the reason I I named this Cotton in a Rocket Ship, it's for many reasons. There are some symbolic reasons. I'm a first-generation African-American, and I see things a little bit differently, but um, I'm able to recognize the, the link between all the pieces in the chain. Whether you think the links are broken or not, you can see evidence of the interaction those of African descent has on the world. And that's symbolism for cotton. 
Cotton is in the fabric of the United States. Cotton was the cash crop in the South. It was the cash crop in the North. Cotton was symbolic in how this country was formed. It was through the cotton that denim was made. It was through the cotton that our money is still produced. Cotton will always be here. Cotton will be in the rocket ships that we use today. It will be in the fabric, regardless of as if we synthesize the cotton into something else, it will still be cotton. And those who pick the cotton was us. Those who are the cotton is us. So we will always be here. And we will sojourn into the stars and into the heavens no doubt about it however there will still be children like me like my son like my daughters like my cousins like all those black children right now around the world, they will be playing games in the cockpit, in the cockpit of a rocket ship, doing the same things they've done back home on Earth as they do there today. So I, I want to say that technology may change, technology will be advanced. We will move on to learn better things and better ways. Traditions may change, but this will remain the same, the essence of who we are as a people. We were instrumental in making trillions of dollars for many nations. And just a little behind the scenes for Cotton in a Rocket Ship is that I am a movie buff. And I used to watch uh, Star Trek. And there weren't many of us. I watch a lot of space movies, a lot of sci-fi, sci-fi horror, sci-fi anything. I watched a lot of movies in general and the presence of black people aren't there unless we're like porters or cooks or some menial job even in like science tech you know So, I wanted to present something that was true to me and something that the younger generation would be able to see. 
and they can identify it and and readily understand that they need not change themselves so much to to be smart I know in my previous episodes I always talk about there's some things that we have to change the only things that we have to change is the things that is that is cancerous to our community but the essence of who we are we that needs to be intact so I go on to say in Cotton and a Rocket Ship the descendants have finally ascended to celestial godhood and the children sing songs in the bay of a rocket ship so I'm just trying to give you the setting and the place and what's interesting about this piece is that I actually have I have some uh, artwork to go along with this piece and it was made by a an artist on Fiverr called Digital Makeup very talented artist and I will see if I can share that in the thumbnail but if upon request and if those who want to see it I will definitely share this um, image with you but I say have finally ascended to godhood and the children sing songs in the bay of a rocket ship so this would be no different than children catching the train or the bus walking home from school but they're traversing the stars and one day I believe that we will uh, ascend again to some type of celestial godhood and what better way to depict it as with children because they have an innocence about them that is one of the closest things to knowing the creator. It's not to be childish, but to be childlike. And then I go on to say, as they sojourn to another galaxy similar to the conditions back home. So like, before the age of exploration, of the European age of exploration, I should say. There was an, an older age of exploration done by those who looked like me. And those records are locked away and hidden and misconstrued. But they're there. They're there in the people that were already here previously. They're there when you see those who are 
original or I should say original because when you add the AB onto anything it becomes an aberration AB is a, a prefix to denote deviance of some sort so the original so whether they're the Duric tribe from Australia or those from Samoa or Hawaii or those the Ohine or the Ogiso in Africa the pharaohs of Egypt the emirs of Africa the chieftains of North America South America you can tell by the architecture that we've had contact and for those who don't know what I'm talking about I just say read John Henry Clark's A Mighty Long Walk Ivan Vincernema's They Came Before Columbus those are two good books that can set you on your way. And so, going into the the first stanza of this poem, and I sung it like a song, uh, songs that children sing. And it goes, Cotton in the rocket ship, precious as can be, one baby, two baby, two baby, three. One day, baby, you will fly and be free. One baby, two baby, two baby, three. So in those words, you know, children often say these nursery rhymes or or these these chants, whether it's mama's in the kitchen or something like that um, or like a rock and robin the, the children play the game but it's steeped in reality the lyrics are often steeped in reality like ring around the rosy you know it's always steeped in reality and it's actually have like a a, a, a hitting message in between it and so that's one thing about the African culture is they couch the language with something soft. And so they'll tell you something very terrible and something soft as in a song. So if you listen to the blues or if you listen to Fela or if you listen to James Brown, if he says, this is a man's world, or Papa don't take no mess or fail out teach it don't teach me no nonsense it's 
something you can dance to, something that you can sing. When you actually listen to the the lyrics, you're you're shocked. So that's a common thread. It's almost akin to um, when you listen to old Negro spirituals that uh, that they would tell these songs in order for when you run away, these things that you can find, like follow the drinking gourd. Follow the drinking gourd was the Big Dipper. So once you can see the Big Dipper and the North Star, you can follow the drinking gourd because it's the shape of a a ladle. Or they would sew maps into the quilts, sew messages, or even pistols if they can stow away food within the pockets of, of garments and clothes. The braids that the women would wear would actually be maps, the cornrows. So, as simple as cotton in a rocket ship is, this stanza, it gives you a lot of messages in it. So when I go on to say, Daddy picked the cotton, Mama sewed the clothes, Grandma in the kitchen, Granddaddy paid the man to let us go. So it gives you a family depiction a family of children, father, mother, grandmother, grandfather. And that's common in the African-American community. You know, in, in our natural state, there is no division. And there's work involved. The kids are playing. Daddy picked the cotton. Mother sold the clothes. Grandma in the kitchen. Granddaddy paid the man to let us go. So there, they were talking about them being in slavery and bondage. And it was customary for you know the man to work. The woman to actually work. She's sewing the clothes. Grandma in the kitchen. She's probably cooking. Granddaddy's probably resting, but. His work is never done. And the acknowledgement that he paid the man to let us go so his family is free. He paid their way. And what's said about Granddaddy paying the man to let us go is that our payment has already been rendered. Our ancestors already paid that toll, that tax. So we need not pay anything else.
then I go on to say cotton in the rocket ship, precious as can be. One, baby two, baby two, baby three. So the cotton is actually the, the people, the kids, as precious as it can be. simple as this one is it's very powerful because I try to give an homage to all of the nursery rhymes that told the story but in the format in the context of of what a children's song or what children would sing from any era any period past, present, and future. I want the audience to to know that um, doing these podcasts is a they're very therapeutic, but also it, it puts me in a space that sometimes you don't want to revisit. And for many African Americans and those of African descent who experienced the transatlantic slave trade, it, um, It's almost an affront to have to experience this or share this information with the audience and then to have things happen like uh, Mr. Floyd or Breonna Taylor or, or there are new names now. And it, it, it becomes tiring because we, we don't wish to talk about it. You know, this is not something I, I want to address. For a very long time, I put off this book because I just didn't feel like addressing it. So as I did the podcast, I said, I'll, I'll engage it. And I think that's why I, know I took so long because you have to continue to revisit your words over and over again. You have to revisit your life over and over again. And as you move forward, you don't want to often address these things anymore. Not saying that you're past it, but you would hope to be past it. I would hope to have my children never to experience it, but they will. and address that there were many great men and women that came before me that they struggled with this race question very intellectual human beings and one thing I would I should say to the audience is, is 
racism, it, it suppresses and it dulls the senses of those who are the actor and the actee, the recipient and the person who is, is doling out the racism. They are, they are both being muddied. And I would like to talk about more things that are scientific. I would like to talk about more things that are conceptual. But it's kind of hard to think about things that are lofty. And and we should be thinking about if you can continue to revisit very guttural and rudimentary things. Racism is, is it's like it's fighting dirty on both ends. is a a saying and and it says so above so below so above so below so the things that are at the top it's a reflection of those that are the things on the bottom so as high as as white people can go, they can't get any higher than those who they mistreat. It's almost like a drag. You know, when you're flying a plane, there's drag and there's lift. You can't get higher. then it has to be. It does always have to be a balance. And I say this to say that in order for us to actually reach Godhood, to, to achieve certain responsibilities or receive the benefit to traverse the stars, We have to take care of this planet. We have to be able to get these things right here and now. No one will fly off this planet. No one will go anywhere. And I'm speaking just from my heart. Right now, there's no intellectual debate. There's no, but I truly feel as though that we could have traversed the stars a long time ago if we solved the race problem. There, there is not one person that holds the keys. You need multiple minds to actually calculate this thing.
order for us to go anywhere, to, to do anything responsibly, we need each other. And I know there's some people out there who say, like, you know, what, what contributions do Africans and African Americans have? There, there are many, many that I can't, I can't even count. There, were, there are some people who say, whether the contributions of Asians or whether the contributions of minorities. There's so many contributions that each race individually makes to the world so the world can benefit. But it's when we start to equate and put weight and put value on the contributions, that's when we have issues. When we think that there's only one level and one way to think, that's when we have issues. It wasn't until I was probably 24, 25 that I realized that my thought has value because I've been trying to conceptualize things in a European lens because Western society tells you you have to think like this, you have to study like this. This is how you have to take tests. The only way that you can prove your value and your worth is through tests and through through the rigors of of test taking and, and drilling and repetition and reciting. And for a person like me, that's not how I learned. I didn't learn by drilling myself constantly. I learned by interaction. I learned by reading and actually practicing the the material. You know, I had a um, a good friend, um, damn near like a cousin. His name is Troy. He lives in Sweden, and he came to America. And in Sweden, the way they did things was that school was only a, a small facet. You weren't, you weren't in school for eight hours a day. You were learning the things that you wanted to learn. You were learning the things in high school and in pursuit of the things that you wanted to do for the rest of your life. And school was just a backdrop to give you the basics, but the, base, but the things that you were going to follow is you're going to an apprenticeship throughout your your high school career. You're actually practicing the things that you, you choose to do. Open classroom, learning outside. The pedagogy has to change. And what black people are doing right now, you know, you might think that it's just riots and George Floyd, but what what we often tell people, like I will always say this, we are just the litmus test for things to come because we see it. We've experienced it. We've always experienced police brutality. Police brutality has been always the backdrop to our oppression. And it's always been the backdrop to rioting. The police before anything else was the slave patrol. 
They used the police to put black bodies in prisons. Unlawfully. And then you can build as many prisons and, and use as many tax and state dollars because you can justify locking up black men. You can't tell me a system that does this and cycle and shoot through human beings is ever going to go anywhere close to Godhood. It's not going to happen. We are not. We are not going anywhere through, through space. We're going to sit here on the first stratosphere and look and look up at the stars. We're going to look up. We're not going to pass the Van Allen belt. We're not going to pass it. All of that stuff is a sham. You know, we're not going anywhere. We're going to stay right here on this planet until we get things right. And this is what I'm talking about. We can't go through here not trusting one another and then expect us to give each other the trust in and, and be complicit in, in trying to to go to other worlds are you mad we have to be intact morally before we can interact with any other creature any other human being or to, to just have the the decency you, we can't go on to this this isn't Star Trek I, and I love Star Trek but some of the things is like it's not gonna happen I doubt it or what's gonna happen is gonna be some kind of like something out of an anime like we're gonna crack open something we're gonna crack open some Pandora's box and, and there we go a kaiju is gonna come out gonna see Godzilla or um what's that thing that's gonna come out and it starts shaking parasitic babies on the people yeah gonna keep playing we often put the cart before the horse and for us cotton in a rocket ship is just me conceptualizing that we will be here we were here in the beginning we'll be here in the end and we will be here if we go to space because that's the way it's intended if you think that you're going to live in a world without devoid of black people or devoid of people in color you you can keep pushing that program because that's not going to happen it's not going to happen. But to my audience and my listeners, thank you so much. I am humble and grateful to actually be somebody that you choose to listen to. This is Cotton in a Rocket Ship. Thank you for listen, listening to the piece, Cotton in a Rocket Ship. And... Peace.